0: And welcome once again to Dad Pod a podcast by dads for dads who don't want to be shit dads. I'm Oshi Ginsberg, and that beautiful man, well shaven. I really get to see his chin. <laughs> is
1: Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have a barber in my town, oh. like an old school barber, and I saw that they offered like a razor and hot towel shave and there's as as a man as a you know uh, not really a metrosexual but a traditional kind of Aussie bloke there's very few beauty treatments we can treat ourselves to when we want just a bit of me time and I went to this barbershop and I was like I would just I had a big beard at the time I was like I'm just going to get him to give me a nice cutthroat razor shave with a hot towel and stuff so I booked myself in And when I went in, the guy was like, oh yeah, we'll just trim your beard down. I'll get the foil out. And And I was like, no, 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 hang on. No, it says on the board here that you do a a razor shave. I don't want a foil. I want the proper old school deadwood hot towel and razor shave. And the guy was like, yeah, I I just haven't had any lunch. Some hands are a bit. (laughs) He gave me like the hand shaking motion. I'm like, are you saying you can't hold a razor blade against my throat? And he was like, oh, no, no, I can I can I'm like, mate, it's, it's fine. I'll come back another day. And he's like, no, no, let's do it, let's do it. Did not fill me with a lot of confidence, I've got to say. But having had it done, oh, boy. Like I am very rarely clean shaven because when I use like yeah. a normal razor, like I get ingrowns like you wouldn't believe. But there's something about a yeah. cutthroat razor, the way that they get to your skin. And it lasts for days. Freaked the shit out of yeah. Iona when I came home. She did not recognize daddy at all. Smooth-faced daddy. Yeah. I look like when they do flashbacks of Homer Simpson to high school. It's like, oh, that's weird to see him without <laughs> the shading on his chin. Isn't it nuts? We've been sold this idea that oh, I don't know. Get five
0: blades and you know whack it in the water and like whip it across your face and you're a fucking man in the shower. You should. No nah, man. When you get that hot towel and you do it, it takes time to mm. open all the pores up. And when they use that straight razor, and like the first couple of times, like for me, they couldn't go backwards. They couldn't reverse because nah. my skin would just explode. But after about the third or fourth time, they're like, "Okay, you're ready." Yeah. And when I, once you get the reversal, like. I haven't had to shave in three days. Like, what what am I doing with this thing I buy from the supermarket that costs 50 fucking bucks? Like, what is happening? Uh, But I think, Charlie, when I think about it, you can probably see this, but uh, as the advancement of my years goes (laughs) and the more grey shows up, I'm actually – the same length of beard all over. However, only my mustache yeah. and the Dr. Strange. Side of my go- only the left hand <laughs> side of my goatee still has any color. The rest is grey. So it looks like I have one side of handlebar <laughs> <That>
1: mustache. Does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, the fugitive uh you've just got a single handlebar. <laughs>
0: It's so wrong. So I, I'm just going straight moustache from here. I'm just going straight moustache. I can never do a goatee again. I can never do a handlebar again because it's only one side is is still black at all. The rest is completely gray. When you're under that towel, though, that's a bit of me time. That's a bit of like, you, mm. I really can't look at my phone. I can't answer your questions. If there's a kid in the room, it's like, find something to do, buddy. Yeah. Is that what you've been seeking?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's been a, uh, uh, I think I spoke a, a few weeks ago about how I was like, okay, I'm going to I need to go back into some therapy. I need to. I need some mental health yeah. breaks because it's been a. Uh, it looks been a challenging couple of years for everyone, but uh, in particular this year, Gem's been away a lot for work, and so I've been doing a lot of solo parenting. And it's not like Iona is the problem. It's just the who am I is the problem. That was the issue sneaking up into my head was that prior to being a dad, you know, you have your life and you have your identity and this is the thing this is the abcs of me baby and then i just sort of had felt uh, after a while like i had lost the abcs of me and and when you strip away that kind of artifice all you're left with is raging (laughs) self-doubt and feelings of insecurity and inadequacy especially parenting because i think parenting is a a, a real trigger for a lot of people because it does bring up all your feelings of inadequacy because you are like pretty much inadequate in every situation because you are never really, there are moments of triumph, but there is an awful lot of not being able to get them to sleep, not being able to get them to eat, not being able to get them in the bath, not being able to get them to, you know, and being mocked (laughs) as well, (laughs) you know, like made fun of. And so it sort of reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm experienced enough with my own mental health to know, not I'm not going to say red flags because it was never as serious as that, but it was more, I need to tune up. I need to go. See a GP, get a mental health plan written, and so I've had two sessions with this psychologist, and it's been great. Like I was a bit nervy, you know. You see a psychologist in the no- Northern Rivers, you're never quite sure that they're going to suggest some kind of crystal therapy or anything no, like that. But no. no, she's she's well qualified, Good. and it is also dicey when you tell this person that you host a number of podcasts because they have ample material to delve back into to create their psychological profile of who you are. But it was great, and in my conversations with her, you know we sort of discussed the idea of why is it triggering when you know Iona is screaming at me or or, or refusing to do something and I sort of feel like we made some ground there because she was like well it 's clearly you have you know some issues from your past, and so when you 've got a child screaming at you it's almost like your inner child is getting screamed at. And so your inner child starts reacting. And so you've got two children essentially screaming at Uh, each other. So we just started discussing like healthier ways for me to not separate, but I don't know what the word is, but basically find some identity again and find some things that I could do for myself. And coincidentally, but you know, really, really fantastic timing my birthday came along and Gemma, in her wisdom bought me a mountain bike. Now, I know you yes. are a very experienced cyclist and you know someone who values this, but I have not been on a bike in about I would say almost 20 years. I don't think I've had How a bike or, good, or ridden a bike. Osh, my god, the difference it has made to my mental health just being getting on this bike. Because where we live, you know, it's a small town. So it's not like I can just jump on the bike and you know ride all over the place because You know, you get on a country road and there's fucking semi-trailers and stuff. But there are little rides I can do. I can can ride to the gym, which is in the industrial estate. I can take Iona to daycare. And just that little, you know, 10 minutes of taking her to daycare or 15 minutes to the gym where you completely engage in the process of being on a bike where you have to kind of be conscious of gear changing and aware of traffic around you. If I've got Iona with me, I've got to be aware of what's going on. Talk about being in the moment, like it totally plugs you into who you are, and yeah. the difference it's made. Not only to there's two effect, there's the, the the mental health aspect of it. Of yeah, I'm you know for 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day, I'm completely engaged in this activity, but also I'm getting fitter. And I'd forgotten yeah. how much that the endorphin rush, you know, made me feel good. I had sort of been going to the gym and throwing some weights around, but my heart wasn't really in it. But now that I'm doing this thing every day, it's given me an appetite to get super fit again. So my diet's really good again. I have created like plans for like my fit and and the knock-on effect has been enormous. Iona loves being on the back of the bike and going to her daycare is pretty much like it's like a 70 degree incline. So it's a real effort to get up there, burns through, but everything about it has just fed into, oh my God, like, Jen, you've got to get go a bike. Let's get a bike rack for the car. Let's go rides on, on rides on the weekend because I think this is what I've been needing. This is what I've been crying out for. It was something just to kind of that you could, because we've talked about in this show, oh, you know, just do some sit-ups in your living room or whatever, which I think was, you know, all well uh-huh. and good. But there's something about getting out of the house, getting that fresh air and, uh-huh. and just that process of being connected to your body, which has made such yeah. a huge difference.
0: I'm so thrilled. I'm so <laughs> thrilled to hear that you've got a bicycle with a baby seat, mate. There is there's there's a, there's a few things there. Like a number 1, as soon as the kid can hold their own head up, they're okay to go on a bike seat. Wolfie was on a bike seat at 4 months old. Right. All right, I'm, I love bicycles. I love going bicycles from here to there, and I, I love getting Wolf on the back of the bike, and he has a great time because when you go from here to there, it's not getting in the car the same place I am. It's an adventure when you go from here 100%. to there, hundred percent. And pun well intended. It's such a gear shift when you get him on the bike. <laughs> there are, and this is not bunkum. This is proper scientific, like. There are psychological effects and, and antidepressant and anti-anxiety effects of m- simply moving forward. The actual process mm. of moving your body through space gives the, the enormous enormous health benefits of being in motion, being in action. It is incredibly important for our well-being. Plus, you're getting your heart rate up. And number one, dude, you are present you have yeah. no time to worry about this or that or go oh, i can't believe fucking 26 year old me said that person on my <laughs> no. you've got like where's this car what's going on there are they parking is there a brake like there is a person in that yeah. right like as you're riding along the cars i'm checking every single driver's seat for a person in it yeah what like the brake lights i am beyond but they might be able to door me any second yeah, so yeah. you've i mean Yes, cycling is a challenge in some parts of the country when there's not in separated infra- infrastructure, but, yeah. mate, bums on bikes is the key, yeah. key, key, key. And what you've brilliantly done is you've put, if you can commute under your own power, whether it be to the gym, to the shops, to daycare, if you're commuting under your own power, you are taking care of your heart mm. and you're taking care of your mind without even, oh, my God, I've got to go and do this thing because my doctor says I have to fucking do this and my heart fucking blah, 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 blah. You take care of it. It's a part of it. If you put it in your day, I I lived in Amsterdam for a little time. I was going to a business school there. Don't worry, I was sober at the time. I wasn't there for that. (laughs) And this is purely based on my own anecdotal view, but in the central core of Amsterdam and inside the canal ring, you just don't see fat people. Mm. You see 75, 85-year-old women on bicycles going to get their groceries. Mm you don't see bad people, you see vital people getting around. It's
1: funny you should say that because I actually stopped outside the bakery on the way home from daycare and this old lady was sitting on the bench and she was like, oh, she's like, you're on a bike. And she was Dutch. And I was like, Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, I just haven't seen anyone riding around here. And I said, well- for a start, it's not like Amsterdam, <laughs> you know, where like, yeah. and I say, yeah, but secondly, like, you know, we're an isolated little, we're like a satellite town. Like, where we live, there are paved roads, but you go like five minutes outside of here and it's all just like freeways. Like, there's nowhere safe for cyclists to ride. Yeah. But the only hazard is the fucking magpies. There is a magpie ah, <laughs> that, yeah. like, he and I are having a waging, a, a raging battle because. I can hear him. It's like a horror movie. Like he squawks before he dies and I can see his yep. shadow like on the road. And it's like, but you know what? I kind of find it exciting, Osh. It's like, can <laughs> I get past this motherfucker <laughs> without him? Like he hasn't got me yet. Like it's been a lot of close calls. I can hear his, he's getting close enough that I can hear his beak snapping just next to my ear. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but he hasn't got me. He hasn't got so me So when you're riding in your bicycle <laughs> yeah. and you're hearing but, you. but it's more uh, the dive bomb uh, squawk. It's uh, that, and then the yeah. sh- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So it's been great. Like, it's really, really good. And I know that, like, a lot of dads who write into us, you know, have questions about, like, oh, I don't want to get a dad bod or how do you fight against the sedentary nature of it. Well, this is, I think, a good solution because rather than jumping in the cars to go to the shops to get nappies or jumping in the car to whatever... Like take the bike, even if it's a five minute ride, trust me, just let that pumping of endorphins, like I just want to ride everywhere now to the point where Jim's like, oh, maybe maybe this is a mistake. Maybe I'm going to go to the bike because I'm like, well, can we ride here? Can we ride there? She's not 100% okay with me riding on the side of the road on the freeway, but it's like, look, it's a short distance. I can get to where I'm going. But I just, I I remember hearing a comedian once talking about, On his way to doing a gig he'll he's got like an old vintage car and he'll drive the the old vintage car to the gig because he has to be totally present he's got to change gears there's no power steering you know there's no cruise control and by the time he hits the stage he feels like his brain is all like is ready to go because he's fully engaged and i and i find the same thing about riding the bike like if i've ridden the, the bike for like half an hour when i get home you know, a I'm pumped up, full of endorphins, but b like my brain is engaged, like I'm ready to go. I'm I'm, I'm conscious of who I am, and what I haven't just sat there kind of stewing in yeah. something stupid I said when I was 26.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and it's interesting you mentioned. And, and bear in mind, if you don't want to get uh, like, there's plenty of options. If you're Charlie Clausen, is a picture of of human health. Like he is, he's a semi cybernetic organism who's just the epic, you know, center of human optimization. If you're not there, that's fine. There's plenty of really quite affordable e-bike options because right now my hip is fucking fucked. Like I've got the most beautiful road bike over there, it's hanging on the wall because I can't ride it right now. I've got too many bikes, but the bike that I can ride is our e-bike and it's, you know, I can only ride a bicycle when it's on full power. But if you get uh, an e-bike, which is a um, power on demand bike, which is the kind of bike I've got, the legal ones, you can set the power threshold so you can i put full assistance at the moment it's the only way i can ride it but it's still brilliant but as you get fitter you can just turn the power assistance down and if you need it more you just shove it up a bit but the bike is actually really really good because as i mentioned before it's good for changing gears we, we, we spoke a couple of weeks back about how much uh iona is clinging to gemma mm. and uh, wolfie has got the same thing at the moment w- wolfie is in full limpet mode now uh, if you ever <laughs> walked around a uh, a rock pool anywhere on the coast of australia limpets are those little kind of conical. They look like a party hat or a like a Vietnamese kind of rice paddy hat. Mm. They are stuck to the rock, but they're so extraordinarily powerful. Even like the greatest Stanley chisel could not get it off. They are an extraordinarily powerful little beast. You know The quad lockers are looking into their technology to affix phones and windscreen. <laughs> they are really, really... So Wolfie gets into full mum limpet mode, which to the point where Sometimes, because Audrey and I both do a lot of work from home, like say she's, got a, she's a makeup artist and so she's got quite an extensive makeup kit. So the next day she'll be doing a person with, you know, she's got this particular skin tone and, and you know, they want this. So she's kind of packing her kit for what she needs because you can't take everything with her and it can take a while to, to put everything together. So we'll have someone come over and look after Wolf while Audrey's organizing a kit and I'm here in the office doing work. But if he knows she's in the house, forget about it. He will not rest. He is the Terminator looking for Sarah Connor. He will not rest until he is essentially stuck to her. And so now if Audrey needs to do something like that, we almost need to get Wolf out of the house or get Audrey out of the house. And like yesterday, for example, Audrey, she had had something to do and I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I'll get him on the bicycle and I'll go, we've got to pick something up from the pharmacy and pick something up from the news agent. And so I got him on the bike and he was just scrim- like mm. full mega tantrum, like mega. And it kind of, well, I put him in the bike seat. I put the seat belts on him in the bike and and he screamed nah, 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 off his nut, like out of his mind screaming. And I can see this is starting to distress Audrey as it would because he's mm. calling her name. And I we both know that he's doing it. It's a, a protest cry. It's a protest thing. But also, we also both know that Audrey has this valve in her brain that, <laughs> explodes the moment he hears that particular tone and she's aware that it's not real but it still hits this enormous anxiety in here which is understandable it's the you know maternal caring instinct but i strapped him in there and and we i reckon the first five minutes of riding, i didn't have to worry about being seen i didn't have to worry about the the horns and bells i've got to let people know there because every fucking car knew we were coming (laughs) there was this (laughs) (laughs) this siren of a child (laughs) on the back (laughs) i don't want to do i don't don't, don't do this to me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. No, 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 no. Yeah. And so what I started to do was, I guess, a bit of mindfulness and just calling out things on the side of the road. Yeah. Oh, look, there's three schools. Oh, look, there's a bottle brush tree. Oh, look at that white van. Oh, such and such are here. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And, mate, we we rode up the hill, wind in his face, moving forward, moving forward, and we we you know we turn right and we go along a back road and I hear a little bit of silence from behind me and the, I hear the scream, Dad, Melaleuca, because he knows what a Melaleuca tree is and knows what a sea tree all is. And then I'm like, got him. Got him. And it was about, to be honest, it was about 10, 12 minutes of chaos. Yeah. And everyone that watched us ride by was like, Dad of the Year right there. You know, I'm like, (laughs) I couldn't fucking care.
1: I couldn't care. I had exactly the same, you know, Ianna's going through this, uh, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago about the three-nager period. Everything's a no. And daycare yeah. especially, like, you know, even though she loves daycare, it's always like, I don't want to go in the morning. And she had a particularly kind of like resistant morning and she was screaming. And I did the same thing where Jem had to work and so is screaming and so I had to pluck her out of Jem's arms and carry her down, put her on the, the baby seat and the ride into town was the same thing, just screaming the whole way. And... I'm riding up a 70 degree incline. So it's like really like I'm, on, I'm standing on the pedals, like, pushing hard, yeah. but I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, there's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's the bakery. <laughs> Getting up the hill. And it's, yeah. it's true. Like by the time we got there, she had, had she she'd got it out, but she'd also had enough stimulation that she was distracted. And it was a really good lesson for me. And I think it's a lesson for all of us really, which is that those moments, those tantrums which feel like you're in the eye of a hurricane and nothing will mm. ever change, you've just got to remember that it will. Like It doesn't take much. As quickly as the hurricane yeah. hit, the hurricane will pass. The yeah. trick is not to get sucked into it, not to inflame the situation, not to escalate it. Because yeah. There's been other times where I haven't done that, where I've just thrown petrol. Leave. Like she's screaming and I'm screaming, and then like there's no oh, fucking yeah. way out of that.
0: Nobody wins. Certainly not when your wife sees you do it, and you're like, oh fuck, yeah, it,
1: <laughs> could be like, oh,
0: we'll be here till midnight. Yeah, I'm going to pay for that one. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And look. Bikes are best and uh being with the impermanence of the tantrum or being with the impermanence of the difficult feeling and knowing that taking action is is the way forward, I think that's certainly what we can remember here. We do have some questions we need to get to. So if you do have a question for us, ask dadpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM, dadpodgram. We'll get to them next. <laughs> Charlie, some stuff came in on the Instagram uh, at dadpodgram. And this actually kind of relates to what you were just speaking about. A lady has has written in, but I'm just going to kind of anonymize this because of the question. Let's just call them Jay. Mm-hmm. Not from Five, but Jay. Is <laughs> dad rage a thing? And if so, how do you deal with it? Look, I'm going to be totally honest and I'll cop to it. Yes. 100%. Dad rage is a thing. Yep. I experienced with the idea of like this kid who was experimenting with the bits of adulthood where you know, you're challenging another person to create your own boundaries and challenging me as an adult, really powerfully challenging me as an adult. And I start to respond to a challenge and set a boundary as an adult, but responding to a challenge and a boundary as an adult. And then you realize now they're crying. Fuck. Yeah. But now what I do is I, I'm very present to breathing. And that's usually my key, and I'm a big fan of either a box breath, which is breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four, three of them, and you're fine. If you don't have time for that, I do a thing called a, a physiological sigh, which is a uh, the physiological sigh. It's the thing that your kid does when you know they're asleep <laughs> and it's sleeping like in the room. Yeah. So it's like it's two big breaths in through the nose, little one extra to top up, and then exhaling really quickly quite out if i do that two or three times what i'm doing is i'm giving my if if i'm breathing like this (laughs) and i don't notice it i'm feeding the anxiety and i'm feeding the rage and i'm feeding the short temper if i do that breath two or three times what i do is i change the chemical makeup that's happening in my brain and instead i feed my brain with the stuff it needs to calm down and that pretty much is a circuit breaker and it helps me go oh that's right i'm the adult here okay (laughs) Yes mate. Yes it is bath time. I know I know you don't want to go in the bath. And I know I know that toy doesn't go in there, but mm-hmm. we've got to go in there now. And that's what helps
1: me. What about you Charlie? Well yeah, let, firstly I'd say that look, dad rage is a thing, but let's not be gender specific. I think everyone has a threshold in which <laughs> when that threshold gets crossed, maybe traditionally, you know, men we are taught to deal with our emotions as much as women are growing uh-huh. up and that's hopefully something that will change. Or uh, something that is changing at the moment, but it is something that I am only learning now how to like. It sounds like you have tools in place and something that you've been dealing with a lot longer. That's why I'm currently in therapy to recognize like what I'm, I'm. The stage I'm at at the moment is recognizing why I go there in the first place because I was surprised by how the the rage snuck up on me and you know where it would come from. And the the problem with the rage is it's not just rage on its own. What normally follows it is intense shame, <laughs> and the shame is yeah. almost worse than the rage itself like kids are malleable and flexible and they'll brush off like you know you yelling but it's it's more how you feel about yourself and the and the guilt and the shame that you feel afterwards and you know that was the worst part for me is I would feel like I'd let myself down or I was a terrible dad or you know I was I was setting a bad precedent and so yeah. for me that's the process I'm at the moment is understanding why I'm reacting like that and then hopefully what will come next is the tools. And as we've talked about, like the bike <laughs> has been like a tremendous, has really like, it actually has affected my mood, but it's also recognizing other things like lack of sleep. Other stresses that are going in your life that may be uh, filtering into your parenting, whether it's, you know, work anxiety or uncertainty, Mm. financial stresses, all those kind of things can manifest in you exploding. You know, I see it happen with a lot of my friends, you know, that they uh, have never really learned how to express or they don't know where these feelings are coming from. And then they just, you know, erupt at a, a, a seemingly unrelated event. But I I would just also say, like, if this is something that you're experiencing with your partner to be patient and understanding, because for a lot of guys they don't know where this is coming from either. You know, we are only modeling the behavior we learned off our own dads. And, you know, my dad... And it's not always best. <laughs> no, no. And my dad, you know, God bless him, he did his best, but he was not very good at handling strong, yep. strong emotions. You know, he bottled it up and it would seep out in other ways. And so yep. hopefully your partner is trying his best to understand that. But if not, you know, there's plenty of help out there if he needs if he needs, yeah. some, he needs some help, the easiest thing is just to go see a GP. That is the it's most, the non-confronting easiest process is to get that mental health plan. It sounds scary, but it's really not. It's as simple as like going in and just getting a prescription written for any other ailment. You know, you just sit down, you fill out a multiple choice checklist, and then you can, you can take it from there.
0: I would also say it's what Charlie just mentioned that it takes it to another level is my guy, whenever I call my mentor and I go, this, that, the other he goes. he always asks me one question. Well, what else is going on? And he asked me about my sleep. He asked me about how much I've been eating. He asked me about my exercise. Yeah, like the things that I need to do to, for my body that make my body and my emotional responses feel regular to being able to be regulated. And if I've let them get out of control, and certainly he sleep's real hard when you've got little kids, but mm. certainly exercise, eating... Are you just trying to pack too much into the day? Keeping track of stuff is also really important, which is where writing stuff down really helps. Like this day was really hard. Why was this day really hard at the end of the day, writing down what was going on that day and then starting to recognize, oh shit, last time that happened, this is how the day ended up. So I might, and just taking notes. That's all you need to do. And and, and it's really, really helpful. We do have time for one more email, uh, askdadpod at gmail.com. Jake really appreciate we've, we've read questions out from jake before and he's just writing back i'm glad you guys have nailed the format well thank you It only took us four seasons <laughs> nothing wrong with what you were doing before it works well with the experts giving advice and comforting to know that we all get it wrong sometimes charlie protein powder <laughs> 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 and this is what i also love from jake because well, uh, we did get a bit of feedback about having tizzy hall on the show we put our two-year-old in a bed and they were fine you know what jake that's what I reckon for everything that you hear on this show or any other show, any other parenting thing, it's like it's all just information. Yeah. But no two kids are the same and no two parents are the same and there's no hard and fast rule and that's it. Wolf's been in his big bed for a while now. He's doing okay. We're having a few moments with regression because we're moving back and forward a bit. But, yeah, Jake, you just got, if you've got to get in the big bed, you've got to get in the big bed. And it's going to be okay.
1: The kids are going to be kids are going to be fine 100%, 100% whatever makes it easier like sometimes you just need to just like just make it easier on yourself we all want to be the best parents and if there was one universal handbook that we all agreed upon that there was no controversy around then we'd all be using it but the fact is everyone has a different value systems and different priorities and different mental states and different experiences of parenting and some kids are sleepers and some kids are screamers and some kids play well with others and some kids don't so the idea that you can blanket ban, you know, let's not start burning books. <laughs> let's not start like blanket banning and canceling people. If it no. works for someone and no one is being hurt and the baby is safe and happy, then that's what works for them. Isn't it all about a little bit from column A and column B, column C? Like you're just sort of taking bits of information that work yeah. for you. And so you touched on something when you were getting sort of harangued in your Instagram, there was a lot yeah. of parent shaming going on, which yeah. I reckon is not helpful. To anyone, like this, is a hard fucking job. That's why we're doing this yeah. podcast because we're, it's a hard yeah. job. We get it wrong. We just want to create some kind of support for other dads out there, and mum dads, and dad dads, and you know, partner dads, and step dads, and all that kind of stuff. Whatever version of a dad you are, but let's just ease up on the shaming other parents for doing what they do.
0: I think we all agree that we want our kids to grow up to be independent, healthy, and as wonderful as they possibly can be. Okay. Is there one way to get every kid to do that? No. As Charlie said, is there an absolute prescriptive, <laughs> if you do not do this, we are going to put you all in parent jail? Well, probably. <laughs> you know, if you leave your kid in Naples for five days and don't feed them, then yes. But those systems are in place. You
1: that. don't have to worry about it. You don't have to police that. Those systems are in place. No, nobody's doing that.
0: And, you know, we all love our kids and we all, but, but no two kids are the same and no two things are the same. But thankfully, I would say this about it. like, If you're finding the need to shame another parent, like, what is that saying about you first? Uh, There's so much you don't know about the what that parent, unless you're living in their house or you even grew up with them and know what they dealt with when they were little, you don't know. So you can go, I don't quite understand why they're doing that, but they must have a reason. I wouldn't do it, but they're guarding their path. Then that's that's all we can really do really
1: yeah and it's also like i think it, it falls back into that tribalism you know where people uh, yeah. i'm from house baratheon therefore i will not yeah. accept advice or, or values from this other place and it's like i don't go for that shit. it's never it's never interested me as someone who was raised in a, a catholic household i'm like no Dogma is damaging. Like, if you stick religiously to one dogma, it's damaging. You've got to be open to other advice. And, like Osh says, you know, as long as the kid is happy and healthy and the parents are getting yeah. through the day, then <laughs> don't, don't yeah. shame them. Don't make people feel bad about just life's hard enough. It's been a really tough couple of years to everyone. Let's not make it div- even more difficult.
0: If you find yourself on a race to purity, and criticizing someone because they're not as pure of whatever it is, then you're probably kind of a bit caught up in something that might not be healthy. That's in my experience and that comes from religion before I kind of went, this is bullshit, but also then uh, being plant-based, there's a lot of that shit in the vegan world that I'm right, yeah, yeah. not interested in. Yeah. The, the race to purity is nah. Pure bullshit. <laughs> pure fucking bullshit. <laughs> Charlie, we really we learned a lot today on the, on the episode. Uh, we took some great questions. We had some good chats with each other. But I think the one thing that we can all take away, and it's something that I've known for a long time, but I'm really grateful you discovered, that bikes are best.
1: They bikes. really are. Like I would forgotten, Osh. It's an instant time travel ticket back to being 10 years old again on your BMX. Just riding a bike around, it's like, hey, let's go find yeah. a body in the creek.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, And you know what? Here's Here's the problem now you've got one bicycle, let me introduce you to N plus one. It is, you've always got one more bike than you need and one less bike than you want. (laughs) But the next thing that happens, Charlie, and and this happened to me and I warn
1: you. It's not going to happen. Is motorcycles. Oh, yeah. No, that could happen. I thought thought you were going to say I'm going to join some cycling group. I'm never going to be a Lycra dad. Trust me. That's not on my-
0: Hang on. I'm just marking this part of the episode because I'm going to play this video back to you and you and I- I will never be a Lycra dad. dad. Never. Just wait. You just wait no motorcycles. Think of that freedom you're experiencing, and now put that in a an electric Harley Davidson with 116 Newton meters of torque at zero RPM. Oh, yeah. And use that as your way to get to and from work. Yeah, I like and that. And you want to be present. You want to not think about anything at all. <laughs> Straddle 250 kilograms of pure fucking electric power <laughs> and just remember how much you love your family <laughs> and you think about nothing but staying alive. And it's fucking best i love it <laughs>
1: that's a great i mean it's really that it that's what mindfulness is all about will you survive yep. this trip
0: <laughs> yep pretty much uh, thanks heaps for listening please tell a mate please send it to someone that's the best thing you can do for us is to share to rate, to like to comment to subscribe but also just tell people about the show yeah. dads mum dads grandparents whoever it is let them know about the show it'd be really really good and really great to hear from you Ask Dadpod at gmail.com and dadpodgram before we go charlie has one thing to say don't touch that!